Flutter is a UI toolkit developed by Google that helps developers build natively compiled applications for mobile, web, desktop, and embedded devices from a single code base. Development is fast because the screen hot reloads as you develop. The architecture is layered for fast and expressive designs, and its widgets incorporate all critical platform differences such as scrolling, navigation, icons, and fonts. In this episode, we talk about developing Flutter apps with Alan Wyma. Alan is a founder of Plangora, a web and mobile development company that specializes in PHP, iOS with Swift, Android with Java, WordPress, and Flutter. He's also an Elixir mix panelist at devchat.tv, and he's the host of a Flutter podcast called Flying High with Flutter. A few announcements before we get started. One, if you like Clubhouse, subscribe to the Club for Software Daily on Clubhouse. It's just Software Daily, and we'll be doing some interesting Clubhouse sessions within the next few weeks. Uh, And two, if you are looking for a job, we are hiring a variety of roles. We're looking for a social media manager, we're looking for a graphic designer, and we're looking for writers. If you are interested in contributing content to Software Engineering Daily, or even if you're a podcaster and you're curious about how to get involved, we are looking for people with interesting backgrounds who can contribute to Software Engineering Daily. Uh, Again, mostly we're looking for social media help and design help, but if you're a writer or a podcaster, we'd also love to hear from you. You can send me an email with your resume, jeff at softwareengineeringdaily.com. That's jeff at softwareengineeringdaily.com. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You are a Flutter expert. You have a podcast, Flying High with Flutter, and I'd like to explore Flutter in this episode. It's been a while since we did a show about Flutter. Tell me about how Flutter has advanced in the last couple of years. Well, so I haven't been using Flutter for a long time, maybe just a little bit over a year. I would say that it's really advanced in terms of the amount of platforms it supports. So it's kind of funny, when it initially came out, it was actually for web. Then they kind of backed away from web and they went straight into Android and iOS. And then they actually became full circle and went back to going to adding now uh, web support. So one of the things that actually just came out recently is that web is now production quality, as they say. So that's pretty big. So now you can you know build your app for for iOS, Android, and web, all in production quality. But now they're just added in the support for desktop. So that's Windows, Mac, and Linux. So that's with version 2.0. And actually version 2.2 just got released a couple days ago as of this recording date. And it looks like they actually added in another couple more platforms, which is really surprising, right? I think it's quite big to add in so many platforms at once. And so that's uh, UWP which I believe is Windows 10 and also Xbox. And I believe they're going to be trying to add support for Tizen and Wear OS, something like that. So it seems like they just keep kind of branching out to more platforms. So that's quite amazing, I think. Another thing that came out is sound null safety. So that means that you can pretty much guarantee that something will be either not null ever, or it will be nullable and the code will actually force you to check for nulls before you try to use it. So that actually catches a lot of errors that usually we run into. So nulls, uh, I mean, if you've ever coded before, you'll know that 
Knowles will give you, yeah, that they're like a billion dollar mistake. I think the guy who came up with Knowles said that. So that's pretty huge. And the other thing too is all this null checking is quite interesting. I didn't know this, but they claim that removing the uh, null checking that you have to do, removing this idea of nulls actually reduces the code that you compile to, which is quite crazy. So you can actually reduce your app size just by turning on this null safety. So you get the benefits of having safer code, less crashes on your app, and actually a smaller app size, which is really, uh, I mean, I can't find much negative for that. So those are, are some of the biggest things. And other than that, there's a lot more things coming into Dart, right? So Flutter's ran and mostly run with uh, Dart. And Dart is just exploding with new features. I mean, I can go on and on about this kind of stuff, but I think we're here to talk specifically about Flutter, right? So we can keep on uh, about Flutter. I am curious about a lot of the things that you just mentioned, but let's talk a little bit about how Flutter actually works. So it's used for cross-platform mobile apps. It works, obviously, for both iOS and Android. Give me a bit of a description for how Flutter code gets transpiled or compiled down to the native runtimes. I don't have a very deep understanding of, of exactly how that works. I believe Eric was on the show quite a few years ago. So from my understanding, I'll do the best I can. So please don't, don't ding me if I make a mistake on this one. What happens is that you build this tree of nodes, right? So maybe you have like a column and within a column, you'll have a bunch of text widgets, these text uh, nodes, and you end up having a tree and this tree will get created. And then from there, that will actually create some longer standing tree of, I think they're called elements or something like that. And that's kind of how it works. And, and the nice part is that as long as you keep changing up your tree, then the changes will keep coming and updating the UI. Now, yeah, I, I feel like I don't have enough technical background to really explain this. I'm more on the app side and uh, making apps with this kind of stuff. But yeah, I, what I can say is that based on a discussion I had with one of the creators of Dart, a lot of this technology actually came from Chrome itself. So it's kind of interesting because of Chrome, we got V8. And V8, you know, we have Node.js. And also Flutter basically came from Chrome too. So they ripped out some of the pieces of the rendering part of the browser that, that I understand. And because of that, they were able to create, you know, the web platform, which was originally called Sky. And then they're actually able to render all the stuff using the graphics from Chrome on mobile to make the UI for, for Flutter. So I think that's actually kind of a little bit more interesting that you know, because of Chrome, we've gotten a lot of technology from just from a browser, right? What's your background in developing mobile apps? Did you write mobile apps before using Flutter? Yeah, so my background in nearly any kind of tech has just kind of been pushed to actually just do something. So let me just talk about mobile apps since you brought that up. It's a great example. When I was working in a consulting gig in uh, Shanghai, China, my boss kind of came into the office one day and said, looks like we have to create a iOS app. He just kind of came in and said, we have to create this. I said, great, who's going to do it? He had a Ubuntu machine. I had the only Mac in the office. And so he said, yeah, it's <laughs> it's you. So <laughs> at the time, I never created any iOS app before. So I just had to, you know, kind of hunker down and just do it. And so uh, I created a very, very basic app. This was before even Swift. So this was Objective-C using, I think the storyboards just came out. So it was quite an interesting time. It was pretty pretty fun to, to use that. 
But in the end, the app looked like a general iOS app, right? So that was kind of my background was just using just a general iOS app. You know, it functioned, it, it did what it had to do for the client. And of course, whenever you create a iOS app, you also have to create accompanying uh, Android app at some point. And so I had also to create that one. So I really had an idea about how to create apps from doing this. So they, they probably weren't the best because again, I, I made them myself. I just kind of watched a bunch of videos online and then just made the apps. They worked. people were happy with them. But again, they were not interesting. They were just very general looking kind of like, you know, you open up a typical Android app or iOS app and it's just basic components. And so actually, because of this, my history with this, I, I always wanted to actually take a look at like React Native and things like that to be able to create cross-platform apps because I wanted to be able to have an app that not only functioned, but also looked good. And so, you know, in the end, I actually thought that the only thing I'd ever end up doing in the end was actually creating a native version of the app because with React Native, things never really seemed to be very... I guess you would say uh, performance. I mean, they, the Facebook app is not very performant in, in well, I mean, it's gotten better, but it used to be worse, I believe. And also trying to work with React Native in the past too, I, I always felt like looked very brittle whenever I tried to update something or do something. It just ended up kind of breaking on me and, and, and I just didn't want to touch it anymore. And so I kind of always went native, but the native apps never really looked that nice because I, I wasn't very good. I mean, it's hard to focus on one platform, but then two is very, very difficult. And so I took a look at Flutter. I just kept hearing about it. And actually, that's what really brought me into Flutter was because I could make a very beautiful looking app. And because the app looked good, you know, it gave all the users of the app like a good feeling, right? I mean, nobody wants to use an app that's not very nice to look at. Functional, of course, you have to have, but it also has to look good or else, you know, you, you don't have a good feeling about actually using the app. Tell me more about how the development process of building a cross-platform Flutter app compares to building on respective native platforms. I have to say the nicest part about this is that from my experience, nearly, it's of course not going to be 100%, but nearly 100%, I would say minimum, absolute minimum would be 90% of the app is feels about the same across. You do get some differences, like, you know, if you're on Android and you have like a a list view, as they call it, so like a long scrollable list, and you pull up on Android, you're going to get a little bit of an inkwell, this kind of like weird color popping up from the bottom to let you know that you've reached the end of the list. iOS, I can't remember what is the way it looks like, but it is different, so you do get some differences, but in general, the apps are exactly the same. You can make them change per platform, but in the end, they're really identical, and that really helps to kind of cut down on... A couple of things. One is, you know, general kind of testing and making sure things look and feel nice because you can bet that when you run this app on Android or iOS, you're going to get basically the, about the same feeling, right? So there's no very any kind of worries about how does this look and how does that look. And that it, to me is really the powerful part of Flutter is that you get a consistent feeling across, of course, with some differences between the two that people will notice. But it's not something you notice without actually taking a look at, at how they all work. But in the end, you know, you're going to get a very, very consistent app across both platforms. And that's going to cut down on a lot of things. You know, like if you have a bug in one version of your app, like, you know, an iOS version or the Android version, you're going to have the same bug on your side, of course. But at the same time, you know, if you program it correctly, you're going to not have any bug, right? Because you're going to have a well-performing system that runs on both sides. So that is always huge, too. 
and so that that also kind of draws me in because you can really take your time on these apps and play with them more rather than kind of rush to get them out the door. So for smaller teams, it really, really makes a big difference. What are the kinds of applications that still cannot be built with Flutter? This is a great question. Flutter really excels at apps that have to look nice and that have to feel nice and that you have a consistent feeling across, especially when you're doing multiple platforms. It's great for prototyping. What it's not good for is if you need to be extremely native, like if you need to use some really, really native peripherals, right? So if you need to maybe talk with a lot of Bluetooth, like using Bluetooth, Bluetooth connection to different devices, using a lot of native components of, of the phone, like a particular like a type. So like if you're only working on, a, on an app that's only going to be using iOS features, say only Apple Pay, not even Google Pay, then I think that, you know, Flutter probably doesn't really fit in that case, especially now that you have Swift UI, so you can probably not use it. So if you're going to be using a lot of the native SDK features, I think Flutter may be a bit of a problem. If you have an app that you already built a lot of it already out with with native, sure, you can still bring in Flutter, but you know you have to really consider, is it really worth it to bring in something extra? Because it is going to cause your app to bloat a little bit, right? Because when you're running a Flutter app, the reason that they look the same across is because it has its own rendering engine. You're not going to be relying upon the native rendering engine of the platform. They have their own engine. So yeah, your app is going to be a slightly bigger, but it's not that much bigger. So for instance, I have one of my client apps is about 48 megabytes, I believe. And I compare that to like uh, Facebook, it's like 150 megabytes. So it's way smaller than that. But in the end, you know, Having a slightly bigger app that looks and feels a lot better, I think, is is definitely uh, worth you know the bigger, slightly bigger size. Is the tooling for developing a Flutter app, the support and tooling, is it as good as what you get developing on native SDKs? I haven't developed a native app in quite some time, but I do remember that the experience wasn't very nice on iOS. I can't remember too much on Android, but I remember that when I wanted to debug things, except through the debugger, it didn't feel very nice. But for Flutter, it's really, really nice. You could just set a breakpoint within Android Studio or Visual Studio Code, and you could step through everything. And it works, I mean, it works pretty great. They've been really focusing on their tools a lot lately. From what I understand, in the latest version, 2.2, they added some memory management functions to their dev tools. So now you can actually take a look at how much memory is your app leaking or, or, or taking up. So you can really get a lot more details about what's going on in your app than before. I know there's some stuff within iOS. I have, like, and I haven't really played with it, but I can definitely say that I haven't had much issues with debugging my Flutter apps. You know, I just set a breakpoint, I get to it, or I can do simple print statements, whatever. I can pretty much debug whatever I want to. The only time I ever have an issue is when I need to debug uh, native code from my Flutter app. That is the only time when it's slightly more complicated. But there definitely is ways around that. You can actually run the app still from, you know, like Xcode or whatever, and then you can set your breakpoints within there. Because when you do have these apps, you can still reach down into the native SDK whenever you want using these things called platform channels. So that means that, you know, you, you never have to wait for anything, any kind of catch up from, you know, like Flutter or or whoever else to kind of build this stuff out. You could just build it yourself. And that's really also another powerful feature of Flutter. What are the most complex apps that you know of that have been built in Flutter, like mainstream apps? 
it's hard to say what's complex because, you know, when you look at a Flutter app, they all look very nice and very simple, very clean. I think some of the more interesting things that are being done with Flutter may not even be on typical platforms that you know about. So people are actually porting the Flutter SDK to other platforms than just the ones that I've mentioned today, even the new ones that have just been released. So I think, I can't remember correctly, but I think BMW or Toyota is actually working on putting it into their media centers. So when you get into your car, you actually be using Flutter application. I know within the Elixir community, there was a guy who, I think his name's Connor Rigby. He was actually porting Flutter to, you know, these nerve devices. So these ones could be, you know, ARM-based or, or even x86-based uh, little mini PC boards. So yeah, you could be using Flutter for that one also. So that that's also extremely interesting and I think quite complex. There's all kinds of people who are using Flutter nowadays. There's WeChat, Tencent. There is Newbank, which is a, I believe there's some type of bank within Brazil. To me, it's quite complicated, I think. It's hard for me to say without actually taking a look at, at all these different apps and, and how they all work. But yeah, I mean, I need to know more about what kind of complications you're looking for to, to really say. But I think that in the end, I mean, the complicated parts are probably multiple animations that you're doing. One of the more obvious questions to ask is how this compares to React Native. And we've explored that in previous episodes. But do you have a perspective on how Flutter compares to React Native? Yeah, so my perspective, again, I haven't really delved into the tech of, of the way that React Native works, but my understanding of the way React Native works is that you use JavaScript code to somehow call back into the platform to render native code. And the code that you're running is actually still running interpreted, right? So you have to have a, some type of JavaScript engine running that code for you. The positives of that is that you could do hot code pushes to your device and actually fix bugs. So that's pretty, pretty cool. And a lot of people in Flutter also want to do the same. But the difference is with Flutter is that it actually compiles directly to the hardware. So there is no virtual machine, right? So when you're developing with Flutter, it is slightly slower, but you do get this thing called hot code reload. So that means as soon as you save your code, like literally as soon as you do command or control S, and before you even lift your finger off the keyboard, it's already reloaded and you have your changes ready to even see. And that's because of the one of the properties of Dart is that they have this virtual machine that they can ship to your device and you get this hot code reload, which I think is really what makes Flutter stand out. When you develop your apps, you just make your changes, you save it, you can see what happens and you can make sure everything's working great. When you do run it into release mode, that's when things become you know, more interesting. So it does actually compile everything down to machine code. They rip out all of the hot code reload features. There's no VM anymore. You're just compiling directly to the hardware using a AOT ahead of time compilation. And basically, just a couple pieces are left. So one of them, of course, is, mem is uh, memory management. Probably another one's probably the, uh, the scheduler. So the way Dart works is very similar to Elixir and Erlang, where you have this idea of lightweight processes called isolates. And the only way you can connect to them is using ports, so sending messages back and forth, similar to Erlang and Elixir. And so that's how you can do multiple things. And so, yeah, you get this kind of stuff, right? So you, you get this native compiled code running directly on the device, and it's extremely fast, extremely smooth, very efficient, and it works great. 
Who have you spoken to on your podcast that have changed your mind about something in Flutter? Well, I had a big discussion with Casper Lund. So he's one of the co-creators of Dart. He definitely brought into perspective about, you know, why Dart is a good language for the platform and kind of, you know, how the situation kind of came up and, you know, where they came from, what they're trying to do. I also just had a discussion today with a guy named Will Larsh, and he's one of the engineering leads in material design for Flutter. He also showed me a lot of things that I didn't even know about before, that Flutter does already have a lot of cool properties where you can just have these adaptive controls. So depending what platform you're in, if you're in iOS, you get a certain type of switch versus if you're in Android. Same for some other pieces too. So that's really cool because there is other ways you can do this. You can also check what platform you're running at the time. You can say, is this platform iOS? Is it Android? Is it Windows? Is it Mac? Is it Linux, etc.? But now there's actually a lot of things already in Flutter that do this for you. So you could just say, make this thing adaptive. And that just means it's going to try to choose the more native looking component for you. So then your users feel at home with everything. One more thing that has also changed my mind is that I did talk with another guy who actually kind of gave me a tip when I'm developing my Flutter app is that if I'm developing on Mac, I should develop the app on Mac. So actually targeting the Mac platform versus even if it's going to be only iOS or Android, because, you know, when you're compiling your code for the same architecture that your computer is on, it's going to be much, much quicker and much faster to hot code reload and to run and to start the app, etc. When you compile your code for another platform, it has to do a lot more work. So that's also like something that also changed my mind about when I actually compile my app, I should probably be running it natively to my platform. Then I just export it. I actually today, I actually spent some time showing Flutter to somebody. We actually created a very simple iOS app. Then I turned it off. I Then they said they were interested in learning how to make web app. The same app, all I did was just start it up in the web, show them that it's already done. Then I turned it off and I turned on the Mac and said, look, we also have a Mac app too, because I was developing on my, on my Mac machine. And it really also blew them away too. So I mean, this is the fact that I could show somebody how to make a mobile app. And then, you know, without thinking too much, I just, okay, let's show you what it looks like on web. Let's show you what it looks like on native, you know, Mac OS. That also kind of changes my mind to make sure that, okay, you know, what I'm using for my mobile apps is actually something I could use for nearly everything because it just kind of supports everything on the box nearly. Tell me about the debugging experience of writing a Flutter app, because I've talked to some people who, who work on Flutter apps, and sometimes the debugging experience sounds like it can, be, it can be, the error messages can be quite cryptic. Do you have any more specific examples? Because for me, the error messages are usually quite, quite straightforward. I haven't had anything too cryptic. I think the only time that things have been cryptic is if I was calling some native code, then that can be a little bit cryptic. Okay. But the debugging experience in general? For me, I usually just, if it's only dark code, I just set a debug point and I'll just hit the button. And as soon as it gets to that point, then I can kind of step through everything, see what's going on. I mean, that's been my experience or of course, typical print statements. The only thing I can complain about for the debug experience is that sometimes you know, you need to switch apps or something and you're, you're running in, in debug mode and it kind of, yeah, it just stops or disconnects, right? So that happens sometimes. That's not fun, right? Because maybe your app is calling into like another app for OAuth 
you know, you get some permissions or something to read data. So I've had that happen before. That's like I said, that's not that's not fun. But otherwise, I think most things is quite clear. There is some kind of gotchas. So sometimes that you, the way Flutter works again is using this idea of the widget tree, and usually you'll have something like a provider or some type of widget which will be holding some state. And you can always traverse up the tree, but you can never traverse down or to the to the sides to the, to the siblings of your node. And so sometimes you'll try to reach up to grab some of that state and it's not going to be there. So that isn't also a pleasant experience and it takes some time to understand like what you need to do in order to make that happen, how to actually fix all that. But once you kind of wrap your head around a couple of things, it becomes basically second nature and you start to understand why certain things are breaking at certain points. So that's kind of been my experience. I mean, I did, I did quite a few apps in Flutter already, so I went through a lot of this kind of troubles at the beginning, but you know, once I kind of wrap my head around everything, it's, it's not too bad. What about the challenges of maintenance of an app? Like, one thing I wonder is, can you hire Flutter developers easily enough? Or is it, you know, if, if I work on a Flutter app and then it gets to production and then I don't want to work on it anymore, can I find somebody who, who is talented enough in Flutter or is the market kind of sparse? I mean, it depends. This is a very good question. I think, I mean, I'm pretty deep into the Flutter community, so I always feel like there's a lot of Flutter developers. So I can understand people say it's not so popular, but I am an employer, so I have some employees. And one of my previous employees, he actually came from a physics background. He's never really coded before. He spent about a weekend just taking a look at Flutter by himself, not even coding anything. He just looked at it, and then he came in on a Monday, and he just started working on it, and he just started going through everything and wasn't really a problem. I'm sure he wasn't you know, 100% like up to my speed, but he was able to you know, actually do things. He was able to actually build something. I've been hanging around a lot on the uh, Facebook groups for Flutter that I could find. I joined them, and I've been reading what's going on. There is an explosion of people in Asia, in particular, like Pakistan, Iraq, Indonesia, Philippines, these areas of people who are just, they're just downloading the Flutter SDK, they're just installing it, and they're just going, they're just running, and they're building stuff. My personal opinion is that Flutter is extremely easy to get up to speed, no matter if you've had a background in coding or not, because a lot of these guys have no background at all, and they're building apps now, there may not be, you know, bug-free, but they're building apps and some of them look really, really nice. I've also put on a couple of workshops here in Hong Kong, so I'm based out of Hong Kong. And I've actually found that a lot of designers who've actually never even coded before are able to pick up Flutter quite quickly and make some really interesting looking apps because that's, you know, really the power of Flutter is that you can make some very beautiful looking apps just by using a couple of widgets and components. So I have to say that maybe you won't be able to find who's somebody who's been a native, you know, or sorry, somebody's been in like a Flutter developer for a couple of years, but you can definitely find somebody who can do it, or you can pick it up yourself, or you can find somebody who can pick it up. It's not that difficult to do. You know, I really believe that, and I've seen it myself. When you're building Flutter applications, are there any other challenges that you encounter that you would not encounter if you were just writing native mobile applications? So the good and bad thing about Flutter is when the packages that are available for, for Flutter are good, then Flutter is great. When the packages 
available are not very good, then Flutter is really a, not a very good experience. I mean, Flutter is, is basically focusing mostly on the, the UI side, right? If you go to flutter.dev, you'll see that they basically talk about Flutter being a UI toolkit. And that's basically what the main piece of it is. Of course, you, you can just still do your business logic and everything in there. But in the end, I mean, most apps need to do things more than just the basics. You know, like you need to snap a picture, you need to actually store data on the phone, you need to use some native pieces of the phone or something particular to Android or, or iOS. That's when you can run into some, some problems, right? So if you're creating, obviously, a native app, you have full control. You can write whatever you need to, you can do whatever you want. If you don't have that experience or that ability, then that could be a problem. And so like, that's why I said that if the packages that are available for you to use are not very good quality or they're too outdated, then it can be an issue. So I did talk about before that there's this idea of sound null safety. You can only have sound null safety if all of the packages that your app depends on are also sound null safety. And so actually what I'm running into for one of my apps that I wanted to update is that it has a ton of packages and some of the packages that it does require are actually haven't been updated for some time. They may have been discontinued, I think, even some of them. Actually, for sure, one of them has already been discontinued. And so I had to change packages for that one. So that's not a good thing, right? If I wrote this natively myself, I would never have this kind of problem. But, you know, at the same time, I don't have to actually work on that. I got most of the things I wanted for free. So otherwise, it's not a big deal. But in the end, when I switched packages, I also had to actually extend that package with some features that I needed from the previous package that weren't in this one. So, yeah, I mean, there's positives and negatives, right? But what, like I said, one of the worst negatives is that there is some of these packages which have not been updated in some time. And because of that, they, they don't they now have the null safety on them. And so I, I can't enjoy the sound null safety that, you know, some other apps or photo apps have. So that to me is definitely a negative. But yeah, I mean, that is definitely something you're going to run into. And I think that for cross-platform apps like Flutter, like React Native, it's always going to be a problem. But at least... I think with React Native, it's even more bare bones from what I've been hearing is that you can't do anything interesting without a package. For Flutter, I mean, you can do things, you know, you can just do have a typical app where you just log in, log out, view some data. You don't really need any package for that, so that could be fine. But React Native, from what I understand, is that even for rendering certain components, there's nothing in the native, or when I say native, there's nothing in the actual React Native SDK that can do a lot of the, the things that you want to do. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some negatives, right? But I think the, the positives in my experience so far has proven to me and given me the confidence that I don't ever see a reason to go back to native, especially since I could make whatever I want. And I also have the experience and know-how to actually extend or create whatever package I may need to do. So I, I really can't find a good reason to ever want to abandon it unless there's something that comes out in the future that's even better. So do you run a consultancy based around building Flutter applications? Yes, actually, we build apps. I mean, we use Flutter for mobile apps. We actually did build a desktop app twice now using Flutter. It's been a fantastic experience. We also use Elixir 
for our backends because some things are actually we have to have a lot of concurrency and scale. And we also use Rust too. So a new feature that actually came out for, for Dart is they have FFI now. So when we built one of the desktop apps, we actually needed to build this for Windows. And what we did was we actually generated a bunch of DIL files, a DLL files, dynamic library for Windows using Rust. So all the business logic was all in Rust. And we disconnected directly to Dart FFI. So just directly to the Dart VM or Dart language, whatever you want to call it, the platform. And we were able to just call into Rust to do whatever we wanted to do. So open up files, save data, even call out to the APIs. So then in case Flutter at that time was not actually very you know, good on desktop, we already had the, the main business logic in Dell files. We could just switch platforms and we wouldn't really lose out too much. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely do a lot of Flutter over here more and more each day, it seems like. And when you wrote the web application in Flutter, did you reuse, I guess I was just trying to understand if you used Flutter on web as well as on mobile, like if there's component reusability between the web and, the, and mobile. Yeah, actually, no, everything is reused. So because Flutter controls the rendering of the UI totally on all platforms, you can run everything across. The only thing is, you know, of course, when you interact with it, right, if you have an iPad versus like a desktop, you're probably not going to have, you know, touch, touch abilities, right, like multi-gesture. But you can compensate with like scroll wheel or double clicking or, or right clicking, etc. So you can get something similar. So, yeah, I mean, for instance, there was a guy, a client, he, he gave me a design to do in HTML, CSS. And this was a time when Flutter 2 became stable and the web was stable. Uh, that when they officially said it was stable. And I just mocked up whatever he wanted using Flutter. And I showed it to him and he liked it. But so at the current time, Flutter web is not, they don't really have very good SEO. So it only makes sense to use it for things where you have to have like a web app, but you don't really need the SEO, right? So after you log in, you probably don't need much SEO anymore. So something that's an actual web app, a PWA, that would make sense. But in any case, yeah, I, I built it actually with web. I showed it to them, they liked it, but they need SEO. So I just said, okay, no problem. I just wanted to play with it, see how it, how it looks. And actually, one of their engineers actually came up to me and he said, do you mind to build uh, an Android version of this? Because I know you did it with Flutter. I said, sure, no problem. I didn't do anything different. I just literally just did Flutter build APK and then kicked out the APK, gave it to him. He was super impressed. He uh, actually also makes Android apps natively. And he was super impressed with the quality of, of what I gave to him. So I thought that was very interesting. So I didn't go from, from mobile to web. I actually went from web to mobile in that case. And there was no changes on my end. Just build it and give it to somebody. Why do you think Flutter isn't more popular? I think that Flutter isn't more popular because I think people don't really understand it. If you look at the history, right, you had PhoneGap, you had Ionic, right? You got React Native, all these things. They just don't feel nice. They don't react nicely, especially like uh, PhoneGap. You know when you're working with PhoneGap. You know when the app is using HTML instead of using native components. You know it, you can feel it, you can touch it. It's just not a good experience. And so when you say cross-platform, everybody just assumes that it's using similar as other technologies where it's HTML, CSS, 
or it could just be your JavaScript calling components, but it's still a little bit kind of clunky, like React Native, I feel is a little bit kind of clunky at times. It's getting better, but yeah, at the same time, like I think that's kind of the perception is that people say, okay, when you have cross-platform, you're just not gonna get very good performance and quality out of it. And I don't think that's true at all when you when you use something that's Flutter, right? There's a lot of Flutter apps that people don't realize are actually Flutter. Yeah, like I didn't know until recently that WeChat, I use WeChat quite a bit because I have to deal with people in China. And I didn't know it's actually using Flutter. So to me, I was quite surprised at how well the, it all works. Yeah, there's quite a few apps that when you use it, you don't even think about it. And then once you know it's Flutter, you're like, wow, that's really interesting. Now it makes sense about why it looks so nice and why the animations look so good. So I think that's really it is that people have a preconceived notion that cross-platform means that you're going to be have worse quality because you're you're kind of sacrificing quality native performance in terms of cross-platform, right? When it's just not the case for Flutter at all. Is Dart a hard language to write or do you enjoy it more than other languages? I enjoy Dart much more than writing JavaScript, so I try not to write JavaScript. I can't even remember the last time I actually wrote JavaScript, to be honest. It must have been at least six months, maybe even more. I wouldn't be surprised if it's been a year. Dart, I would say, is a very fantastic mix of JavaScript and Java. It's funny because the reason for this is that the creators of Dart actually came... The first time that they worked together was actually working on a Java JIT hotspot if you remember Hotspot, they actually worked on that together at Sun. And so obviously that's Java. Then their next thing that they did was also Java together, some some like IoT company, I believe. And then they went to work on V8. Obviously that's JavaScript, right? So these guys have been in these two languages for quite some time. And then they wrote Dart to try to actually make a better version of JavaScript, right? So these guys, you know, they've been in Java and JavaScript for quite some time. And so I would definitely have to say that you don't even have to really even learn Dart to write Flutter, right? I didn't really look at Dart deeply until about six to eight months after working with Flutter, I think. I'm trying to, to think clearly, but it was definitely some time. And that's because I actually started having some issues with trying to do more and more advanced things and understanding why certain things are a certain way and understanding how to do certain things because I really wasn't into Dart so much. But of course, to be really, really good at Flutter, you have to get into Dart. But to be productive, you don't really have to learn Dart because it's just kind of, it's just natural. I think it's quite natural language. And that goes to show you from, you know, like I told you before, designers, which don't code at all, are able to create very beautiful looking apps. I just taught somebody recently, a couple months ago, how to write Flutter apps. We never dug into Dart at all. And he's creating features for a client of mine now. And so that's kind of the nice part about Dart is it's really a, a great mix of of Java where you have strongly typed language and JavaScript where you have, you know, a language which you can still just kind of write and things just kind of work for the most part. As we begin to wind down what do you see in the future for the Flutter ecosystem? You see it growing? Do you see it changing? Is it takes over more platforms? Do you expect it to grow in popularity? What's in the near future for Flutter? I expect it to grow. I think I've seen a stat recently. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I think I've seen something that Flutter is basically the biggest cross-platform framework 
in terms of people actually using it, if you compare it to others, just the amount of apps that people are producing at a, such an alarming rate, I can only see it getting bigger, right? And they're just adding more and more platforms. And they're not really adding platforms in terms of, you know, maybe making it like bloating, but they're adding platforms because it's just so flexible. I can only see things getting better. I can't think of ways that it could actually get worse. All the people who are in the Flutter team have been great about, you know, making sure that things are actually getting better. So not only they're adding features, but they're making things more and more smooth and they're trying their best to really, you know, make things better. They just announced that they're basically having their, their bug time. So if typical time is like 10 days, they're able to get it done in five days. So I can't see anything negative going. I only see positives so far. Awesome. Well, anything else you want to add, Alan? I think that, you know, don't take what I'm saying as, you know, that it's great or whatever. Just pull it down, try it yourself. Go to dartpad.dev. Check it out yourself. Just play within the browser. You know, if you feel up to it, install it on your machine. Just play around. Try creating a Mac app if you're on a Mac. Create a Windows app if you're on Windows. Or just try, you know, Android or iOS or web or whatever, right? Just have a try and see how you feel. You know, really give it a try before you you ever write it off. That's really what I think is important. Alan, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you.